Hello, mummers. Today on the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast, we are doing a listener Q&A all about libido, postpartum sex, and accepting your postpartum body. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio. Hello, mummies, and welcome back to episode four in the Nourish the Feminine podcast series. This is our last episode, and this has been an incredible series with the amazing Julie Tenner. She's an author, a speaker, facilitator, a mother of four. She talks about everything to do with intimacy with yourself and in your relationships. She has amazing offerings, two amazing podcasts. She's such a boss babe. And I want you to go check her out if you haven't already at juliettenner.love on Instagram. Go follow her and give her a shout. Let her know if you love this podcast series. But she's already done three episodes in this podcast series. If you haven't listened to them, please go back and listen because they are really, really key foundational pieces. And I don't want you to miss out on them. We talk about feminine, masculine energies. We talk about the power of the feminine. We talk about all of the unseen, undesirable struggles and wounds that mothers feel. We talk about relationships and sparking your libido and your chemistry and your desire back in a relationship. It's so, so important. I want you to go check those out sometime today. Episode four today is a listener Q&A. It is epic. I got you all to send in your questions and you guys went hard. <laughs> so in today's episode, we talk about things like why your libido might be different after birth and all the factors that affect that and how you can improve your libido. We talk about your postpartum body and all of the ways that you can love and accept your postpartum body, but also ways you can, we call it bridging. Julie speaks about bridging, which I think is really beautiful. It's like a really key compassion piece where if you're not ready to fully love your body, but you want to be sexual and you want to be intimate with your partner and you don't want that to hold you back, different ways that you can bridge those gaps. So that's really beautiful. We talk about sex and we talk about how postpartum sex is such a beautiful time to start from scratch, to recreate your sex menu, to take certain things off the menu and explore and be creative and start afresh because you don't want to have the same static sex menu your whole life. And postpartum is such a beautiful way and catalyst for you to recreate and to foster different ways of being intimate with your partner. It's a really beautiful chat. We also cover, I got so many questions about this, we cover being sexy as a mum and navigating how to be sexy in motherhood and how to be sexy in pregnancy. And Julie has some real pearls of wisdom around that. I really love them. And she really gives you tools and like validation to be like, yeah, you want to be sexy? Go and be sexy. <laughs> I love it so much. So I really hope you love today's episode. Please jump on over to at Laura and let me know one thing that you're going to take out of today's episode and go and implement in your own life. I so would love to hear that because I love seeing that these podcasts are influencing your days, your weeks, your life, and what you're doing to change that narrative that you might have around what it means to be a woman, to be a mother, and also to be sexy and in your feminine flow. I, I'd so love to hear you. So this is the final episode in this series. We do have some amazing series coming up. So please make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you do not have to miss out. It will automatically come up in your newsfeed on your favorite podcast player. I would hate for you to miss out. And if you'd like to connect with me further, 
you know where I live. I'm over at thepregnancyposse.com. That is my online pregnancy membership where I guide women week by week with weekly workouts, pelvic floor exercises, stretches to manage pelvic pain, healing abdominal separations. I do weekly Q&As. There's a beautiful community forum. I'm so big on to birth preparation from an emotional and a physical point of view. It's a one-stop shop. <laughs> so if that sounds really supportive to you, please come and visit me. Come and hang with me at thepregnancypossy.com. You can trial the program for seven days. I would love to see you there. I would love to greet you inside there and we can get into our feminine flow together. But without further ado, mamas, let's hit up episode four, the final episode in this Nourish the Feminine podcast series with the incredible Julie Tenner. Enjoy. So, I want to go to some of the questions that were submitted because I think they're really good discussion points. And I'm just going to read them out as we go. And I know I haven't prepped you for these, so we'll get your very raw, spontaneous response. But the first two are, why does our sex drive decrease after birth? We know there's hormonal plays and you can go into that if you like, but why do you think sex and intimacy is such a big issue after birth? <laughs> yeah, hit me with the big guns to begin. All right. Look, I do think that we can't downplay the fact that if you have had a traumatic birth experience, if you have a body that is in pain and that is still healing, mm -hmm. there is a lot of stuff that needs to be addressed first before you're at the point of sharing your body with someone mm -hmm. else, let alone having something inside mm -hmm. of it. So Let's just sit with first, the system of birth that we're in does not support women and their pelvises, their pelvic care, their pelvic health, or certainly look after them after they've had a baby. So there's a lot of pain and suffering and dysfunction that happens to women in the birthing world. And I don't care what type of birth you have, that's across the globe. So first off, I mean, we need to have more reverence and more care and more tending to women's bodies and specifically pelvic health care, pre and post birth, right? Like so much more. So there's the physical aspect that might need healing. There's the hormonal aspect, which especially if you're breastfeeding, we all know has certain hormones that dull and suppress sexual drive. Yes. Also, I don't get too sucked into that as a story because I have seen and witnessed as a practitioner of the body do things far beyond what science says is even possible. So your body is a literal reflection of mm. your mind. So whatever you think, you feel. However you feel is how you're seen, right? So we've got to remember that the mind is not separate to the body and is always influencing mm. it. What you think changes how you feel. That therefore changes the chemicals, the hormones and the experiences that you're having. We can literally influence our biochemistry based mm. on our mind and what we're thinking or focused on. So don't get too sucked down that rabbit hole, but it's a factor. So then there's also the increase in needs. That specifically that newborn phase is a huge increase in you tending to another human and body outside of yours. And sometimes we may have less than 20 minutes in an entire 24 hour period where our body doesn't have another human on it. So we really just have to frame this whole experience as something that is extraordinary, not your life from now mm. on. This is a very intense phase. It is not forever. Mm. And there's all of those factors. Mm. 
right? You've got less sleep, you've got less sleep, you've got less quality of sleep. You're also, that's a massive sleep debt, has a massive impact on women's health yeah. and well-being. Huge. We then have, we're not eating all day. Most mums that I know that are, particularly if you're struggling, you're on like a tea and jam toast diet. You're not feeding your body mm. much. If you're not feeding it good quality, how can it output good yeah. quality? So we do want to think about how we're being nourished on all of the yeah. levels. So I do think that it's incredibly hard for all of those reasons and also because motherhood is largely an isolated yeah. experience for yeah. us now. We're largely wholly and solely responsible for everything mm. and we push ourselves pretty freaking hard. So I do think all of that context is what leads to a lot of adrenal exhaustion. But on top of that, we're not actively caretaking and tending to our mm. feminine because I have certainly had that experience with two babies. No, actually only one because by my second, I was like ridiculously turned on. So for babies two, three and four, it was definitely not my experience. And I was feeling incredible after having amazing births. My body felt really juiced up and alive and sensual and open we were connecting, we were sharing. I was really making sure that I was looking after my feminine and dressing for me, wearing maternity bras that felt really good for me, throwing them out and not wearing them when they started to get baggy and gross. You know, spending time together as a couple. Mm. You know, like, it's also because we tend to have this still this, um, Oh, what are you, what, what's the um, cultural way of saying it? Is the, uh, uh, you know, like the Madonna and the whore kind of aspects, right? So we tend to go, oh, I'm mother, so switch off anything that looks sexual. Mm. So I just switch that flick, flick that switch on my body yeah. all day. And so then it gets really hard to then work out how do I, okay, flick the switch of mother off in order to flick the switch of seductress on how do I do that I mean that's a step mm. that's probably going to be what your first step is you've switched off the switch that says you're a sexual being at all because of all of the messed up messages you have about the mixing of sexual energy and birth and sexual energy and motherhood being a mother who is sexual and sexually alive we have so many cultural and religious conditioning that really makes that an unsafe place for us to play mm. in so we kind of have to decondition that, decide how, if we're going to flip these switches on and off, and that can be rituals, right? So it might be, right, in order for us to have sexual time that we've scheduled in once a week, what I need to be ready to show up for that is I need half an hour. I need a shower totally on my own with a glass of wine and, or not, a kale juice and a candle and the music on, and then I rub this particular oil in my body and I put on this particular teddy because maybe I'm not quite ready to fully love and embrace my belly, but I get to have a bridge. Mm. I get to have beautiful adornment that reminds me of how beautiful and sexy and sexual I am and connects me to this part of myself. Mm. They're just ways of connecting and plugging mm. in. That's all they are. They just remind you. You remember because your whole world is orchestrating every day to make you forget. So how do you remember? How do you plug into your seductors? Well, I can tell you, it won't matter what I'm wearing on the outside, I will always, every day, have the sexiest as fuck, naughtiest underwear you've ever heard or seen in your whole life. That is how I roll because that <laughs> reminds me every day of that part of me. Every time I go to the toilet and I see my kinky undies, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 
you don't know, but I got that going on underneath. And, you know, I uh, hated my breasts for years and then realized all I needed was some type of fabulous push-up bra. And I was like, well, hello, girls, you're amazing. So we get to have these bridges that reconnect us and help us remember because our entire world is orchestrated as such that it helps us mm. forget. And that's all they are. So I've lost no. my train of thought of where we are You've going You've actually here. gone on to answer a whole bunch of questions that I had, but I want to read them out just to validate any of the listeners who might also have these questions and know that you're not alone. And you might want to add some commentary if you don't feel like you've already covered it, Julie. But these are some of the questions that were coming through and they were about this topic of the Madonna and the whore and how to be sexy as a mum. So things around like advice on how to switch from mum mode, especially when you're a breastfeeding mum to sexy mode, um, yeah. how to navigate being a sexy mum in this world when they feel it's not okay to be sexy and how to feel <laughs> confident with a post baby belly, which, you know, is obviously maybe being a block to you feeling sexy. Um, and then there was another yeah. one about how to feel sexy as a pregnant mum because this lady was saying she just can't shake the feeling of dirtiness around being a sexy pregnant mum. So I know that was a lot to throw at yeah. you, but did you have any extra comments or anything you wanted to add for those women who are struggling with this marrying of sexiness and motherhood? I would say to you, create a secret Pinterest board <laughs> for your walking affirmation reminders of the very opposite thing that you believe right now. So you believe pregnant women aren't allowed to be sexual and enjoy being fucked or that they're allowed, not allowed to be, you know, sexual icons. Great. Well, I want you to find and pin to that board or place in your diary or folder in your phone all of the reminders that prove to your conscious mind who's making up the beliefs that's creating your reality, all of the ways that's not true. Who are all of the women, the starlets, the models in photographs that say the opposite is equally mm. true. The opposite of whatever you believe is always equally true. So we need to find the visual representations of that because our mind looks mm. to evidence. It looks to always prove our current beliefs right. So you want to expand your current belief system? Look for where the opposite is equally true create a secret Pinterest board that you could open up and be like, oh, that's right. Because remember, it'll be feminine. You will feel different the moment you look at that image. That is what a feminine being is. It is mm. a blessing. So I'd say you create the opposite first. Look around you at where the opposite is living, walking, because you will always filter your reality based on your current beliefs. You want to start thinking different. You just sit in that question and all of a sudden you will start seeing all of the sexiest pregnant women walking down the street you've mm. ever seen. Because you're now aware of it and your brain is now showing you that. So just sit in the question and you will literally start to see it all around you. So you go, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. And then I would spend a minute just gazing at her. Just absorb, what is it that she's doing that mm. I love? What is a piece of what she represents that I can just take for myself? What is it that she represents that I really want for myself? What is my version of that? How can I do that version of that for me? Because she's just reminding me of it. If you want it, if you can see it, you already have everything you need to have it. You wouldn't see it if it wasn't a reality for mm. you. But you've got to see the programming that you've come from and who you've learned it from. You've got to decide whether you want to hold that as true for you or not. You've got to see what it's costing you to hold you as true, to build, you know, remind your brain how much it's costing you. And you've got to see where the opposite is true. So you've got to start there. 
I think I might have lost you for a second. Oh, yeah. You're back on now. What it's costing you? Okay. Yeah, you've just got to see what it's costing. Oh, okay. We've got, we're back there. Okay. Yeah. You've got to prove to your brain what it's costing you to maintain, to keep this belief. What, what is the cost to you, your life, your top values? What is it costing you to keep this belief? Mm. Because you want to prove that there's more drawbacks than benefits to this belief for you. Because at the moment, your brain thinks there's more benefits to keep it than drawbacks. So So you want to do the deconditioning part. Get those Pinterest boards happening, ladies. And I agree with you so much, Jules. I think what you see, like you create the narrative and you, you see the things to confirm your biases. So just flip that story and then go out and find the evidence for it and you'll see it everywhere. So, yeah, I love that. Yes. And I just want to say, though, for those of you that also are having the body hang-ups, on breastfeeding you get to have boundaries you get to say look my nipples are an absolute no-go but can we explore everything else because often what happens is we neglect every part of the body and it's not that we don't want to have sex it's that we don't want to have the sex that's on the menu and often what will happen in long-term relationship when we're tired and we're short on time is it ends up being this predictable set of very uninspiring steps I kiss you for three seconds I grab your boobs I lick your tits And then we're fucking Mm. and you're like, no one wants to have that type of sex. So it's often not that you are not sexual and not that you don't want to have sex, but that you don't want to have the type of sex you're currently having because it's become a static menu. Mm. So I want you to go off menu. What if you kissed all of the parts of your body that were non-neglected, that were neglected? What if it was non-linear sex? It's never ending in penetration. What if penetration was totally off the cards? Mm. What would it look like to say, I would really just love to explore being scratched. I really want to explore just having the outside of my breasts touch, showing your partner how to touch your breasts because they're new and they've changed. Mm. This feels really good. I love it when you touch this way. That feels amazing. This would feel even better. Like just spending the time to do that. Mm. I would also say to you for bellies, it's certainly me too, is just create bridges. So I have a whole wardrobe of teddies and, and corsets and, you know, stringy things that just provide enough sheer coverage for the days when I'm struggling to love and embrace my belly, Mm. that it doesn't stop me from living my most embodied and authentic life, which is to be sexual and have a sexual connection with my partner. Mm. So I don't want to stop myself. I just want to create a bridge and it's okay to go today. I need a bridge tomorrow. I might not but today I do. Mm. And that's really a beautiful honoring thing to do. Absolutely. I love that. I think that's such a healthy way to be. It's not that you have to fully love and accept your belly because that's what you should do. And therefore, you know, you shouldn't need anything to cover that up. It's just like finding that beautiful middle ground. So like you said, you can continue doing the things you love doing and just acknowledging it's okay that today, like I need to wear this and tomorrow I may not. And I think that's beautiful compassion for yourself. Um, so I really love that. And you, you said a, a point, Jules, which I hone in a lot on with physiotherapy because we treat a lot of women who are having painful sex and painful penetrative sex. I always stumble on that one. Penetrative sex. And so a lot of our education is around helping women understand that that doesn't need to be the outcome of every sexual encounter, that having PIV, penis in vagina or anything in vagina sex doesn't need to be what the goal is. And that being intimate is so much more than just 
having that sort of sex and that for a lot of women, particularly post-birth, that's actually the most uncomfortable or the scariest place to be if you've had birth trauma and whatnot and that there's other ways of being intimate. And this kind of leads into just a couple more questions that the listeners did submit, which I think you could give us some really good insight on. And for example, the first one was that this lady can't have intercourse because of a threatened miscarriage and she just wanted to know other ideas and ways of being intimate and I do think that this might seem quite basic to say you and I who are used to talking about this but I think for a lot of women it's really hard to wrap their head around what sex could look like if it wasn't intercourse so could you maybe speak to that hmm well, first off, I think what we're defining as intercourse is, as you said, penis and vagina, which of course does not define a cross as a banner of sex. This it takes into no consideration all of the other types of sex and relationship setups that do not have anything to do with a penis. Mm. So you can have all types of sex without a penis and certainly without penetration. Mm. So what we've got to realise is how much, again, conditioning and messaging we have received that creates patriarchal, penis-centric sex. Mm. If sex is about penetration of a penis into a vagina, if sex is your sex is over once the penis comes, you are having patriarchal, penis-centric sex. What I'm hoping through the, a lot of these conversations and building awareness, I think culturally now, is what does it look like to totally disrupt that paradigm and look at female arousal, mm. female arousal-centric sex, not penis-centric sex. Mm. What does that look like? Well, it's not going to look anything like porn, advertising and media, the messages that we get in main culture. It's not going to look anything like that. It's going to look like a lot of talking, a lot of being with my body, a lot of trying different things because the interesting thing with women is whatever part of their body you touch is involved in a sexual act. So if you only grab a tit and then, you know, we're fucking, that's the only part of your body that's involved. You want to have tantric full body or larger sex, you need the whole body engaged. So what does it look like to spend time on all other parts of the body, on exploring these incredible 10 digits that you have, on exploring all sorts of different toys and oils and feelings and you know, textures and sensations and mouths and lips and other body parts that you can use in all sorts of different ways. What does it look like to see this as an opportunity to recreate the type of sex you're having, to begin like your virginal and explore with awe and newness and wonder the incredible capacity that your body has for pleasure in a way that you were never allowed up until now or had never had the space or the time or, dare I say, enough reason to explore. Mm. So how do you see this as an invitation into expanding your sex life and sexual experience mm. rather than some poor man's second best experience? Because it's certainly mm. not. Sometimes I wonder if the best sex you'll ever have is when you completely remove penetration off of the cards. Mm. In fact, it's one of the things that I would encourage most couples who are trying to recreate no one wants to have, like I've been my husband for 20 years. I don't want to have 20 years later the same sex I was having 20 years ago. No one wants to do that. So you change, your body changes, your capacity to open your body and feel and experience changes. Mm. So how you approach sex, how your partner learns your body and how to approach your body, 
it has to change and be fluid with it. So how do you see this as an invitation to explore what you've never explored by virtue of saying, now it's the forbidden fruit on this thing. What else is mm. there? Because there's a whole world, mm. it's a whole banquet. Yeah, I love that so much. And I feel like that answers the next two questions were around a lady who had had a C-section, another lady who had had a perineal tear and asking for advice on managing sex. But I kind of feel like you've just answered that because what you're saying is, explore be curious your body has changed things are a little bit different like just get to know it's like wipe the the slate clean you don't need to have sex nor should you have sex as how it was pre-birth and now it needs to be a bit different and it's going to keep changing and changing and you're going to keep having sex in different ways hopefully as you keep going on like you said you don't want to be having the same static menu for 20 years of your life you want to keep updating that menu and i just think like i really love what you said it's an invitation to change it's an invitation to explore and i think that's so liberating and that completely flips the script for a lot of women who think that it's now less than or it's yeah not as good as or they put pressure on themselves that they can't do what they used to be able to do for their partner or they can't be what they used to be able to be for their partner and i just think it's so empowering to flip that and be like no 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 let's start again like let's explore and I almost feel like putting a challenge out there to women to just take penetration off the table because I truly think from the clients I see from the messages I get I think that would I think that would solve so many problems because that is the problem a lot of the time is I've got pain with penetration or you know like it feels uncomfortable or I don't want to do that or we get there too quickly and it hurts and I'm dry and whatever the problem is but just take it off the table. Think about all the other ways. Use your brain. Be creative. I think that's such a beautiful invitation for women to explore. So, yeah, I, I want to finish on that one because I think that's a really beautiful little mind piece for women to take away now and be like, oh, could I do this differently? Could this be different to what it was pre-birth? And I think that's really, really cool. So I just want to give you a big hug. You are so wonderful. I am feeling, like I said earlier, just like super in my feminine now and feeling all like juiced stuff and like ready to go out into the world and put my finest clothes on go bonk my husband Ooh. and like all sorts of things and i just feel like all the women listening would be feeling the same so i just want to thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom on the podcast i'm going to link to every single thing that you run and deliver and offer for women because i just know that there's going to be a lot of women who want to soak up every little part of julie tenner right now so Thank you so much for joining me, Julie. Is there any parting words or any final things you want to say before we wrap up? Let me take in. Just that it's okay for it to feel a little bit scary. I love it. Feminine is full and we're used to living not full so when we contemplate being full it can be feel a little bit scary mm. but what i want you to know is just like you know that beautiful understanding of courage is that we don't build courage before the scary thing courage is built after the scary thing it's the same thing with your feminine if you have listened to this if you have heard it it's not random there's purpose there so just start with the one thing you can create enormous change with one thing. So don't make it so hard that it's all of the things. Stick with one, one that feels inspiring 
and good and repeatable for you every single day will get you further than trying to smash out the big thing Mm. for a week. One very small movement every day will get you far further. So take your fear with you gently and move with loads of self-compassion. I love it. Thank you so much, Julie. Okay, Bobbers, I am kind of sad that that is our final episode in the Nourish the Feminine podcast series because I I'm really into this topic at the moment. And you know what? This is what the podcast is about. It's about just like bringing topics that are hot on my heart to you guys because I'm sure that it resonates with so many of you as well. So I really hope that you love this four-part series on how to nourish your feminine. If you haven't listened to the first three episodes, please go back and listen to them after you finish today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some really good tools to help you navigate sex after birth or even sex during pregnancy and how we can change it up and honor the changes in our life and that it doesn't always have to be the same. I also hope that if you're feeling like you want to step into your sexy, powerful self, that you now have that permission to do so. If you were feeling funny about it, go create that Pinterest board that Julie talks about. I just would so love for women to walk away from today just with their head held high, fully appreciating just how God sexy they are how amazing you are and you are growing life, you are birthing babies, you are nourishing babies and amongst all of that, you are an absolute warrior, goddess. I want you to always remember that. Like I know myself, I can sometimes kind of look at myself in the mirror and go, oh my God, girl, you got so many wrinkles. You look so tired. You look so dowdy right now. But beneath that, I always try to appreciate like you are a freaking warrior and you are sexy as hell and you deserve everything in the world. And I hope that if you need that message too, that you look at yourself in the mirror today and you give yourself that message. (laughs) Now, make sure you subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast that you don't miss some amazing podcast series that I have coming up there. Epic. And wherever you are today, mama. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Jump on over to at Physio Laura and let me know if you have told yourself some epic mantra in the mirror this morning. I'd so love to hear that. And jump on over to at juliettenner.love and give Julie some love. Tell her how much you love this podcast series and connect with her if you want any further support. Anyhow, mamas, have a wonderful day. I will see you soon. Bye.